0: Welcome to episode 53 of A Link to the Cast, your weekly dose of video games and nerd culture ephemera on the show this week. We talk about what have we been up to at the weekend. We have a look at Fire Emblem Heroes, the world of Final Fantasy, uh, YouTubers have been found guilty, PlayStation 4 has some fancy new features, and we have a little chat about new shots of the new Tomb Raider film. Finally this week, we have a special guest, Sean McGee, to help us as we dive into, for the first time, a look at Final Fantasy as we talk about the swan song on the original PlayStation, Final Fantasy IX. Hello, I'm
1: Sean McGee. Final Fantasy oh, I'm just... enthusiast.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, so... <clears throat> We'll talk more about uh, that later on, but I mean, we have you on the show because uh, at some point we had to dive into Final Fantasy, and I am kind of slowly making my way through the series, uh, and Dave, as far as I'm aware, hasn't really touched it at all, so we kind of had to get the experts on, and uh, you made it quite clear, you had made your intentions known that you wanted to come on, teletext he's Mr. Sean McGee, wanted to come on and talk about Final Fantasy, so I'm very happy to have you here.
1: Thanks, mate. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I don't think there would have been anyone else in our group of friends who could give it their reverence it deserves, especially not number nine. It's uh,
0: by far the best. Yeah, see... So yeah, I mean, again, we'll, um, I have a few questions I want to talk about and ask when we get onto that. But before uh, that's that's later on down the line. Uh, how are you? What's going on? Tell me, uh, how's your week been?
1: Uh, my week's been absolutely rammed with university work, dissertation work, no fun uh gave a pint of blood the other day it's been a it's been an unusual week for me you, you know me and I, I think a few people listening might know me i'm known as a bit of a wild child but reckless and I've, uh, I've changed my ways these days and it's it's a lot less fun what's what's giving blood like because i've never done it oh well giving blood normally i assume is a quick in and out process but i gave uh blood Seven times over the course of three hours, and I did that four times over three weeks. Is, so, is that healthy? is that
0: why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was part of a scientific study. Uh, a girl from a university was asking for volunteers, so I stepped up being you know the hell of a guy that I am. Yeah, all right and uh, I fully regret it.
0: yeah it's how, how like how did how does one feel after going through uh, an experience like that? Uh, drained and sleepy
1: I went out uh, I went and done it on Friday and then immediately afterwards got a call oh do you fancy coming to the pub now I can't advise strongly enough don't go drinking rum immediately after having a pint of blood removed that is solid advice I'm that gonna... is the best advice I can possibly ever give any young children out there <laughs> How? what was the uh, the end result of that may I ask uh, I got in about 4 a.m., I think. I don't really remember it. I got kicked out of some sort of nightclub for trying to
0: dance in my shorts. Uh-huh. That um, sounds like a typical Sean McGee evening in fairness.
1: Yeah, but this wasn't on purpose. This was the the result of, uh, you know, blood being stolen from me. My, my vital life essence had been taken away. And uh, I ended up in a nightclub at 4 in the morning, taking off my jeans and being taken out the back door and
0: threatened with violence. I, I don't know. It still sounds like a typical <laughs> Sean McGee week. I'm just, you know... I've, yeah, heard, I've, heard, I've heard stories. I've heard rumours. Yeah, I just... You, but I got home. I didn't sleep under a bridge this time, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that's an improvement, but I'm going to take it as that. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm suggest that my home is worse than underneath a bridge. Mm. <laughs> I'm not making well I mean considering like I live on the living room uh, I live on the floor in a living room I can't exactly uh, make any comments about how anyone else lives at the moment so um, but well I'm glad you're here I'm glad you're alive um, and you better hope help, help, hope that your friend uh, gets a first for giving basically what sounds like half of your uh, essence and blood uh, in the name of science not even good science either no nah.
1: I got to, like, there was a battery of tests that they were taking, and I got to
0: decide which ones I didn't want to take, because I didn't feel like it.
1: That doesn't sound scientific to me.
0: I mean, I'm no scientist, so I can't really make a comment on that, but, um, hey, you're alive, and had an evening out of it, I guess? Wait a second, Mark. You're not a scientist. I, I know, right? This is fucking... That's how you tricked me onto this? This is a revelation. I, I'd been holding it for a while, and I'd been fooling people this whole time, but I can I thought it was complain. the Mark Robinson and Neil deGrasse Tyson half hour. No, no, unfortunately. Like, you know, I'd been convincing people that I was like the next Brian Cox, but, you know... I mean you've got the hair for it. I, eh, I guess I he's got like a little bit of the kind of gray patch a little bit of the the silver fox thing going on to the sides and slowly like, but surely I'm getting there. Yeah, not long now mate. No, no it it will happen. I'm I'm feeling it. I only turned 29 the other week. It's uh the big 30 next year and um, you know i I'm accepting it. 3-0 o's not that big. It's not. <laughs> no, nah, I mean like I I never um i've never given too much kind of care or been too fussed about birthdays like i wasn't too fussed about my 17th or my 18th or my 21st um and like yeah the idea of being 30 just like eh, okay i'm just probably gonna act as kind of unsociable and old as i did when i was 20 and 21 but now it's more acceptable because i'm 30 so i kind of looking more forward to it maybe i'm doing it yeah, backwards
1: your, your age is improving your your uh shootability for your lifestyle
0: yeah i'm i am thinking that i'm thinking when i hit the big four O, like it will be perfectly acceptable for me to move into a log cabin somewhere <laughs> in the frozen tundra and live out my days writing failed screenwrites and drinking uh whiskey i mean it sounds pretty much perfect
1: Stuart lee speaks about it a bit. he says um like when he was doing his act in his late 20s no one was buying it because he was a grumpy old man but now that he's hit his mid-40s, whatever, It's it's he's finally grown into the person he was supposed to be. And it seems like that's fitting you.
0: I, I, you know, I hadn't put too much thought into it before, but the more because, like, Dave tries to bury me every week by like, calling me Old Man Robinson, but, like, if there's anyone who could be as accepting of that tag, it would be me, so, hmm. Well, this is bullshit because Dave has a child's face, so he, <laughs> it's
1: just impolite, there's no need for it.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think it's the whole English-Irish thing. He's still, you know, not quite over that whole thing <laughs> yes. yet. And it's he, been a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. he likes to remind me. The first time I came over to Ireland, he took me to the museum here. And I don't know about you um, when you was schooled, but like we didn't get a lot about the English-Irish uh, kind of relationship. We, were, we kind of brushed it all over because, as you can imagine, we don't look very good out of it. <laughs> Um, so I was in for a rude awakening when I had like 800 years of history thrown at me, and I was like, wow, all right, we were, yeah, we were pricks. Well, I had, a, I had two
1: ways. I had a, um, because I'm from Liverpool and it's such a Irish city. Yeah, yeah, of course. You, we, it's not, we don't think about, oh, it's the British against the Irish, it was the British against us. Sure, yeah. <laughs> or, but then, on the other hand, I was in the army, so I do know about some of the atrocities
0: quotation marks our boys committed yeah yeah not not, not proud no 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 no. <laughs> um and you know that's why I, part of why i moved over here to try and kind of ease tensions and build relationships back up and and then brexit happened and fucked it all up so i don't know i don't know what yeah.
1: to do i had brexit when i was living in spain it was the fucking worst uh, am I to sh- show what are we
0: hmm
1: am i allowed to swear <laughs> yes please by all means i should practice not swearing. i've got a uh a phone interview tomorrow oh really yeah so i should i should get all of that out of my system now
0: sure okay well we'll try and have a a, a kind of s- a slightly more polite pc uh, version of the show which is ironic when considering me and neuron because uh yeah i'm i'm when i get excited the the swearing comes out uh, anyway we will move on and talk about what we've been playing this week hey check it out i learned the baseline from final fantasy 2 Scott,
1: you are the salt of the earth. Oh, thanks.
0: I meant scum of the earth. Thanks. So, Sean, uh, we're going to be talking about, about Final Fantasy IX a little bit later on, but you've been playing World of Final Fantasy, and I'm uh, curious to know your thoughts on this. It is the best Final Fantasy
1: game since Final Fantasy XII. It is also the best Pokemon game since Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> But it is firmly not for everyone. Uh-huh. It's. I was playing it the other day with my girlfriend, and I was trying to figure out who it's supposed to be for. Because it's um, the battle system and the Mirage Collector. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you the basics of it first. You get your two little characters, and you're running around, and you're catching these little Mirages, which are basically functionally Pokemon. But with a, a sort of lot of a deeper uh, move system for each one of them, and you stack these three little Pokemon. I'm just going to call them Pokemon from now on. They're not fucking around. Are they
0: like like minions or something?
1: The little little creatures that you catch in balls. The balls look suspiciously like Pokeballs. Uh huh. And then you catch these little monsters and you put them into battle. But instead of throwing them in front of you on a ball, you stack them on your head. You stack like, one or two at a time, and it looks fucking stupid. And you ca- your character can either be normal-sized human or like a chibi-deformed-sized person. So artistically, it is 100% for six- to seven-year-olds. But then when you look into the battle system and all of the uh, other little systems in the background, it's so complex. There's so many tutorials that you need to go through to try and understand every part of the game. And I just think, who is this artwork? And like the voice acting and story of the game is very childish. Like how who thought that they would mesh together for anyone in the world except specifically for Sean McGee? <laughs> <laughs> it's for no one else. I can't think of another I've been trying to recommend it to people for weeks and everyone just looks at me and goes, Why why would why would you inflict that upon me? Well, it's like, kind of
0: about... it's kind of interesting, like time wise as well, because you've had this and you've had uh, anime, The Road Trip, aka Final Fantasy Fifteen, come out like within a couple of months of each other. I think it was a month. It was yeah, it wasn't that that long. I think uh, looking here, the EU release date for this was October twenty eighth, and Final Fantasy Fifteen was, I think, November. Yeah. Uh so I mean, like I I can't imagine that was intentional, but obviously with the, the, the way that the development of Final Fantasy fifteen happens, I'm sure they just wanted to get that game out in some capacity before the well, end of the year. Was fifteen not delayed by a month, so it should have been closer together in the first place. Probably, like even actually, that's, that's actually a very good point. Maybe that was probably part of why they delayed it. Uh, like, how um, does the game work then in its mechanics? Because I know that Final Fantasy games, for the, the limited knowledge I have from them, they constantly evolve and refine and, and tweak the battle mechanics. Like, how does this one compare to some of the others? What are they doing? Well,
1: this one, it's... It, it has... Every Final Fantasy spell and monster that you would expect, all the uh, same status effects and things like that. But how you how you get your um, abilities is by uh, leveling up all the monsters you catch. So in each battle, you'll get uh, AP points, and you'll get to spend them on what is the sort of. Did you play Final Fantasy Ten?
0: Uh, I've I've started the first two hours of the game on a number of occasions. Right. So you recall the sphere grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sphere grid. Yeah. So each monster gets a, a
1: sort of sphere grid, but it's a lot a lot smaller and um, uh, not a circle, it's a square. But it's basically a sphere grid. And all you do is you, you assign different nodes on this grid every time you get a certain amount of AP points and that will build up all your abilities and obviously in traditional Final Fantasy sense you'll go from fire to fire to fire agar, stuff like that on all of the uh, different spells that you get. Then on top of that you've got the champion system, which is you during your progression through the game, you're going through a land called Grimoire, and you'll meet uh, what they call in the game champions, which are recurring character or returning characters from earlier Final Fantasy games, such as uh, Squall, or Cloud, or Lightning, things like that. And once you've met those characters in the wild, you'll get some things called Armor Gems, which then allow you to trade them in with a girl to. Get those characters to use as summons the way you would in an earlier Final Fantasy with Ifrit or Shiva. But how you summon those characters is through a... It's uh, similar to a limit break, but it's called... A, it's a little circle that fills it with bubbles. It's your champion meter. And I think you build it by getting hit. But I've been hit a lot of times and it's not built up. So I'm not fully sure. I'll have to go back to the tutorials. But like I said... How is that designed for a six-year-old? It makes no sense.
0: Yeah, I, I like the... uh...
1: Sorry, you, I'll let you finish. Yeah, I, I let my, uh, I let a six-year-old play through for a little bit, and he was okay picking his own little abilities and whatnot. But to go into all the menus and level up all the little monsters he had, or trying to assign the right champions, or find the right. Because each each of the like little monsters you capture as well, it's not the same way as it is in Pokemon. The way you would uh, you would wear it down through battle or maybe a status effect, and then you'd be able to catch it once its energy's in the red. On these monsters, you have to use a specific type of attack or put it into a very specific type of status. And for a small child to try and like learn all that and all of that, it's almost impossible. So it, again, it's it's it's. it's very complex at the same time as being very simple
0: this sounds like the complete opposite of the kind of game i'd play like i have um this thing where if i can't pick up a game and just be playing within minutes and have like at least 90 percent of the the kind of core fundamentals of the mechanics and an understanding of the game i find it very very difficult unless i'm like forcing myself to play it for historical reasons or whatever I really struggle with with games like this. Um did you play uh, Nino Cooney at all? I didn't know. Uh, I didn't like the art
1: style, oddly. I yeah. think I'm with like the only person in the world who didn't.
0: Yeah, like it it sounds like there are some similar things going on. Like you have um uh in that you have uh, these kind of creatures that are kinda like Pokemon or, or minions, I think they're called in that oh no i think they might have another name but i just call minions and you you know you uh, collect them through various means kind of similar to what you're describing here and then you use them in battle so there sounds like there's like a, a, a similar sort of uh style of, of mechanics that they're going for there um it sounds interesting like i i, I think i'm going to keep that at arm's length because it just like the mechanic mechanical mechanically wise uh it it kind of sounds terrifying and as you said like how a a child would would get into a game like this or how they would make a game like this with the idea of trying to appeal to children i mean japanese children maybe hey i don't know well and that's the that's the thing about it as well it it leans very heavily
1: on uh nostalgia like you you're going through this world grimoire which is a patchwork of all different worlds from every final fantasies now i don't know many eight-year-olds that are familiar with the overworld of final fantasy 3 (laughs) <laughs> Probably not. <none. laughs> I, I think yeah, I, maybe it's... it's for teenage boys and girls going through that kawaii weeaboo
0: phase. Maybe the awkward phase we call it.
1: Yeah, you know, they'll crimp the hair. Yeah, they'll uh, put a bit of eyeshadow on. Yeah, we've the girls, it. the girls might do it as well, and they'll start uh, getting into Japanese shit. Other than that, I can't think of... I tried recommending it to a friend of the show, Barry Murphy, and it was immediately rebuffed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like this wouldn't be the sort of thing he'd be interested in. I feel like maybe 15, 16-year-old me would be all over this shit. Um, but also at the same time, 15, 16-year-old me was vehemently against Final Fantasy because of this really tragic uh kind of rivalry that me and a uh, friend of the show Jack Lazel and my two other bandmates at the time uh, were having where I refused to play Final Fantasy and they refused to play Legend of Zelda but that's it's a story for another day uh, yeah, it sounds peculiar. Uh, I hadn't really looked into it until you um, until you kind of the, the brought it up today, so I might at least uh, kind of peer over the, the hedge and, and at least have a look at some kind of gameplay to see what it's doing. What's uh,
1: annoying with it is uh, I'm currently hopelessly addicted to it as well. <laughs> like, I, I had to turn it off to answer the call for this show a minute ago.
0: I, I only can only apologise for interrupting your evening of World of Fun Far- Fantasy. I-
1: how far have you ever got into any Final Fantasy?
0: Uh, I finished 6, 7, and I've done about 50% of the one we'll be talking about today.
1: So, uh, you know, do you power through them? Or when you get to a certain area, right before the end, do you do the thing where you start grinding out to get all of your skills and abilities?
0: Uh, so I, the way, and this is part of the problem I have with RPGs is, uh, and kind of games in general, like, I don't want to miss anything. And so the only way that I can play them is I have to basically take, like, a week or two weeks out of my life and just power through them using a guide to just get every <laughs> single to get every single thing that the game has to offer. So I, like, I miss nothing. Um, and it's like, I know in a way that that's not the way to play it, but it's the only way I can play it. And, th- again, I have to have, like, just... I have to power through, like, 80 hours in a couple of sittings because otherwise... I will leave it for like a week or two weeks and never come back to it. And that's how I did six. That's how I did seven. And that's why I only got halfway through nine before I kind of stopped and then had to sort of re-go back over by looking stuff up. And yeah, yeah.
1: I I want you to play the first, I think, three hours of Final Fantasy twelve without a guide. And (sighs) then then speak to me
0: after it and I'll tell you, and you will never be able to play that game again once you realize (laughs) what you've done. <laughs> well, because the thing is, I did start um, Final Fantasy X on a number of occasions, and I never <laughs> used a guide for that one. But I just, I think that game is, I, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, it's the worst. It's I the, am. it's the only Final Fantasy uh,
1: since I would say three. Yeah, three, not including the MMO ones that I didn't finish. Oh no, I didn't finish thirteen. So from from four to twelve. I completed all of them all the way through, except for 10. I got 90% of the way through and just handed the controller to my friend and said, please just fucking do that. (laughs) I cannot tolerate that whinging little Meg Ryan-looking motherfucker anymore.
0: Well, everyone tells me 13 gets good after about 40 hours, which I find fucking unacceptable for a game. (laughs) That's that's
1: why I played uh, three or four hours of that, I think, and I was like, this is diabolical. Yeah. But World of Final Fantasy actually is very similar to that in that Thirteen's is very linear. Like, you're basically on a straight path all the way through. And World of Final Fantasy is similar. But because you've got all these different ways of pairing up the monsters and controlling things, I find it absolutely fascinating to just grind through everything and try new things. Whereas with Thirteen, I was like, I can't be bothered with another stoic. Antagonist going up and, uh, protagonist got one up and down a corridor doing nothing?
0: Well I think that might be part of it as well, because the um the protagonists and antagonists I'm I'm guessing are, are so diametrically different to what's kind of in a mainline Final Fantasy game that oh, like yes. Absolutely. Yeah, all the melodramas but, taken out. But these ones are uh uniquely annoying
1: in their own way. The girl main character is okay, but the guy I have the they allow you to skip through cutscenes, so I just rapidly fire through any of his dialogue because the voice actor is terrible. In That's fact, good. not only is he terrible, you get to an area of the game which is set in uh, Besaid. Remember from Final Fantasy X? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got that far. No. Okay, so you remember the... you know the worst part of voice acting from Final Fantasy X? It's very famous. Besides all of it? Besides all of it. It's the part where Tidus decides he's going to
0: laugh for no reason. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you're about, yeah. It, you, must, you must have seen it, it. It sounds like something that has been either presented to me or I've read about somewhere. It sounds familiar.
1: Yeah. When you get to the uh, Final Fantasy X area of World of Final Fantasy, the main guy character copies that laugh. At that point, I was close to just taking the <laughs> disc out and throwing it for the cat.
0: Could you not appreciate the, the kind of self-referencing, you yeah. know? Like... To be
1: honest, right? That is a good joke, but it's still
0: too soon. <laughs> it's like it's like when Vince McMahon is watching all of these wrestlers go up against the uh, football players, and he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, wrestling in the XFL. I'll never work." See, <laughs> see, but no, right. The only referential thing I want
1: Vince McMahon to ever do is to run into the ring, bang his knee, and fall over again.
0: <laughs> I will crack up laughing if he really loves that moment. I, have, you, have you watched Rumble 2005 uh, plenty of times, then I take it?
1: Yeah, uh, my dad's favourite moment in wrestling is Vince hitting <laughs> his knee uh, before he died. We used to watch it all the time. Because I take like, I... I that on VHS. Cause you, you know, you did that in 2005. Sure, yeah. wasn't quite a thing, yet. Yeah. So every now and again, my dad was just like, Sean, get the Vince McMahon knee thing out again. Wouldn't even watch the whole thing. Just Vince hitting his knee and just sending it off.
0: I've watched that happen so many times and I still, it's impossible to kind of see like where or how. Because it just looks like he slides into the ring, but just kind of inconspicuously, just kind of knocks his knee slightly.
1: I was watching this again last week. I was showing it to my girlfriend and he just clips his knee a tiny bit as he gets in. You have to look super close. Yeah. It's amazing. And it must be the most, like, right on a patella, it must be the most painful thing.
0: I mean, fair play to me. No one sells on track, it, but that, that's what all the gas will do to you, eh? Yeah,
1: that's
0: it. Well, he did have to sit down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> anyway, somehow we made a tangent from Final Fantasy to Vince McMahon. Um, I have been playing uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, which is the new Nintendo game uh, that's been released for iOS and Android, specifically made for iOS and Android. And um, I don't know about you, but I played uh, a fair bit of Fire Emblem Awakening on the 3DS. And um, I mainly had it because they haven't made uh, any kind of new or decent Advanced Wars games basically since the original. Uh, Me and Dave are big fans of the original Advanced Wars. And this is kind of feels like the closest that we have to something like that at this moment in time. And now, did you play uh, Super Mario Run at all? No. No. Now, Mario Run was, um, it felt very much like a game that had been made for for uh, handheld in mind. You know, they took this yep. idea of having, like, one-touch controls, touch game controls. And I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but I appreciated that they took Mario, put it in this setting, and um, made it in a way that felt kind of practical. And it worked. I, I w- I'm happy with what that game is, and regardless of the price and whatever. No, I've else. got to ask you
1: about that, because you... Does it not irritate you that Mario just jumps over the things automatically without stamping on the heads?
0: I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, playing the game makes me just want to play an actual Mario game. Um, And it, it kind of... It does feel very weird to have a mario game that you've spent a game like mario that you've been playing for over 20 years where when you see a goomba your natural instinct is to press a button to jump on it and to have that taken away and you kind of automatically just run over it but like after a short period of time i don't know it it, you you understand that okay for this particular game the mechanics change like the rules of what you do are, are slightly altered and once you kind of accept that you're okay um and i just i accept that because it's super mario run it's 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 its own thing it's on handheld it's this weird quirky thing that nintendo have decided to do and i'm fine with that but here with uh fire emblem heroes it just feels like a fire emblem game that's just been condensed and restricted and um and i think the more i'm playing it the more i realize i don't actually i'm not the biggest fan of fire emblem in general because i find that with um so with with this one um all the the chapters each chapter is its own kind of separate level which takes place on a single screen uh and uh i don't know how far it goes along how advanced it gets but you have for the most part four against four and you just kind of put your uh, uh member of your team up against a uh, member of the opposing team and and you can quickly check the stats to see. Okay, I'll do this much damage. They'll do that much damage. And then you can either do that, or you can move the character elsewhere, and that's it. And that—that that, that is pretty much it for each game. Like the the kind of tactical uh, nature of like RTS games, it it doesn't it doesn't exist here. And I wonder if I've got like a rose tinted memory of playing Awakening, which is a fair few years ago now, or it's just. The Fireman games have always been like this. And, like, I mean, I only played Advanced Wars at least within the last year, and there is a lot of kind of forward-thinking and tactical prowess that's needed for those games. And it's just not existing here. And, like, I get it. It's a condensed version of um, another game in the same same way to Mario. But I feel like with that, that's a game that's been made with um, handheld consoles or handheld devices in mind. And here, this just feels like uh, the original game that they've just kind of lopped the sides off and gone yeah sure that will do and i'm not feeling it at the moment but it is free to play so i'm not going to complain too much i guess so what's the
1: uh what's the monetization method for us new characters new levels to open up or...
0: uh so you have uh, you know i actually haven't looked like a whole lot into the monetization of it but i'm presuming that, I mean. Every um, kind of hour or so, like once you've left the game, it will say, "Oh, your uh, uh, heroes have been recharged. Your stamina's been recharged. You can go back in now." So I think there's. uh, Oh, it's it's that it's the it's the pay to continue playing sort of system. Kind of, but like I've I haven't run into a situation yet where I've had to stop playing. You know, I've played for like two hours, and and the, the stamina hadn't run out um i did see someone uh, the other day had them uh, the the monetize- monetization options up and there was a price package for like 67 quid for these pearls jesus yeah uh, i i don't think there's any there's like the game definitely doesn't kind of force you to say hey you need these to continue playing like i don't think it's a pay to win game i definitely wouldn't call it that Yeah. Um, but I haven't, I haven't yet come into a, a position where like I feel like I need to purchase something to continue playing the game. It hasn't done that to me yet. Um, but I've only played it for a couple of hours. I'm planning on doing a review for it next week, so I'm going to spend a lot more time with it. Okay,
1: um, so next week I can expect a Facebook request saying Mark Robinson would like you to send him new soldiers in. Fire
0: (laughs) number, possibly, possibly. I mean, I I don't think there's. Um, I don't think it asks you to hook up to to Facebook or anything like that. It does ask you if you've got a Nintendo account, you can hook that. up. But because Nintendo have been so appalling with like the consistency with their Nintendo accounts over the years, that I just like, I might have one still, but I'm not. Yeah, I I think I think I have Nintendo points from buying Wind Waker yeah yeah like i i'm so burnt out with that because they keep changing with every console and i feel like they're going to try and double down now and have the consistency between the 3ds and the switch going forward but it's like uh, a little bit too late for that sort of thing um so yeah it's like again it's free to play so it's worth looking at but like apart the the issues i have is that it's always online um which is ridiculous for you put you're putting this on a device that a significant portion of people play while on the go and commuting. Yeah. Um, and you know, fair enough. Most people have a pretty decent, uh, uh, data package, but I don't, I have my tablets and they don't have 3G or 4G. So like, I can't play them on the go. I have to play them at home. And it's like, well, I have a 3DS that I could just go pick up a copy of fire awakening and then play on the go kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, but it does look nice. It, 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 feels really good. Like the animation's really, really smooth. Um, It does the thing. It pisses me off where it overrides like music and podcasts. So you're kind of forced to have to listen to it.
1: Pokemon Gold was
0: that? Yeah, still hated it so much. That's like my one key thing with all mobile games. Is like, give me the fucking option. I don't care how much time you put into the music. I don't care how good the music is. Give me the option. If I want to listen to a podcast, give me the option. Uh, Pokemon
1: Go had this thing where you, you could turn the music off and you turn the sound effects off, but every time you re- rebooted the game, it would turn off whatever you listened to and have to start playing the podcast again. And, like, surely that sentence are not hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that I've saved it, that I don't want the music. That's all it, that's all it must take.
0: Yeah, um, I just I, I had to review a game this week, and it has the same issue, and it's like, it's not even a game that has anything, like, it's this kind of whimsical Harry Potter-style tune playing in the background. I was like, th- I don't need to listen to this. Like, I'll listen to it for for about a minute, and it's like, okay, I've got this. Just, so, I'm, I'm having to take, I'm that arsehole on the train who's got two tablets, one to play the game, and one to listen to his podcast. I'm that prick. I don't <laughs> want to be that prick. I'm not, well, I am that person now, it seems. Uh, so, yeah, like, it, you know, um, have a look at it, but it's... It doesn't come with a full recommendation yet. It's, so. it's
1: not for me. I tried uh, Final Fantasy Tactics back in the day and couldn't really get into that. I,
0: I did download um the... God, what the hell was it? Final Fantasy, the one with Ariana Grande um on the front. What? Yeah. There's there's uh, a, a Final Fantasy Brave Exodus, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, right.
1: We were going to get into this at some point. Square's mobile output is... So sublime to the ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it's it, 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 even if you can't say you can uh, I think it's is it Crystal Dynamics make the goal
0: games Hitman Gold, Lord of Craft Gold? It is, yeah, I think so. I know Square Enix, uh, definitely the publishers behind it. I think, yeah. yeah, sure.
1: Everyone you hear from, those games are fantastic. Absolutely, but yep. maybe we'll tell you there's some of his favorite games, yeah, they're brilliant. But when it comes to cashing in on any Final Fantasy stuff, it is the most hit and miss. Like that, uh, the app rhythm Final Fantasy is... What,
0: yeah, what the fuck was that
1: about? Pressing buttons and having guys dance It was nothing. It was nothing. You've got you've to really know what you're on about. Really research a F- uh, Square Enix game before you pitch it on mobile because they're just so
0: shit. A lot of the time. The worst for me is the uh, the iOS version or the Android version of Final Fantasy VI. Uh, the like the UI and how that game looks. Yeah. Oh, is, the,
1: the new menus. That's yeah, it's
0: fucking appalling. Um, yeah, that's, I, I saw a few screenshots of that because I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll download that. I was like, no, no, that yeah. looks terrible. The Square
1: Ugly Font Generator has been in use for at least 10 years now. Yeah. And it's not going away.
0: It's yeah. disgusting. Uh, hey look but that's kind of Square Enix sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're an absolute garbage fire sometimes it's the same time sometimes at the same time as well cool well I think that will leave us there for what we've been playing this week and now we will move on to the news news on the mark So, Sean, I don't know if you've been following this at all, but there's been a couple of uh, very notable cases over the last year or so of uh, of YouTube personalities who may or may not have had websites that they may or may not have uh, kind of been funding that dealt with uh, gambling. And now there was a big case a while ago about CSGO and a website that let you kind of gamble skins. Uh, and then there was a whole thing as well around FIFA and their Ultimate Packs. And uh, one chap in question who's got a name, Nep- Nepenthes, I think. His name's Craig Douglas. Uh, basically, <laughs> basically he uh, ended up being caught for having a website that was dealing with this sort of shit and basically was allowing kids to gamble, which is utter bollocks. Uh, and the UK Gambling Commission uh, kind of helped bring this to court, and he has been forced to pay a fine of ninety-one thousand uh, pounds. He originally pleaded not guilty, uh, but then changed his uh, case, or changed his case to to guilty, as he probably realised. I think I'm not getting away with this. Um, unfortunately, he's not going to actually face any jail time for this because that would have been hilarious. Uh, yeah, have you have you paid any attention to this? Have you heard anything about this at all?
1: To be honest, it was the first time I'd heard of it when you sent me the link before. Oh, really? And the only note I'd written about this story is, I'm sure I had that guy's tie in 2005, (laughs) and he looks like a dick. (laughs) Uh,
0: This is the thing, like, his face keeps appearing on my Twitter feed over the last 24 hours. I'm like, fuck, I want to punch that face. And I am not a violent man. I am, and I might. (laughs) Well, you can, because he's not going to face any jail time, so uh, I have no idea where he lives, but... um... Okay, hey, we can look out for that after. Uh, but it's it's good to see at least that um, that this has been kind of brought to light and people are actually being punished for this, um, because like as uh, I think it was discussing last week, me and Jack uh, like America and their kind of gambling laws and restrictions uh, don't really exist as compared to over here, and. Um, it's it's kind it's just absolutely unacceptable that like kids basically are being incentivized by these youtube personalities who you know have basically have their kind of full faith and trust and belief in uh, uh just saying hey look you can gamble this and spend money and i just it, it's one of the more disgusting things within the games industry um and like a lot of games journos like traditional game journalists are just looking at these kind of YouTube personalities with, like, disgust and A, because of how much money they're making for the work that they're not doing compared, um, and also just because of stuff like this. Certainly when you, you've you got, like, random egg pick on the, the Twitter machine going, oh, it's about ethics in game journalism. <laughs> and then this occurs, you know? It's just uh, yeah. There,
1: there is no ethics in games, yeah.
0: No. No, none at all. I'm only messing
1: I'm not a gamer-gator. <laughs> SJW and Proud, mate.
0: (laughs) Uh, Just lost half your your listenership, then. I mean, it's basically just Barry at this point, so I'm I'm sure (laughs) sure he's on board. Uh, Next up, finally, PlayStation 4 announces that uh, external hard drive support will be coming. How the hell this has taken over two years uh, to occur uh, is is beyond me, but, like, fantastic. We finally have external hard drive support, uh, custom wallpapers... Uh, this is all good stuff. And what I'm hoping for is we'll finally get to the point now where in the WWE two K games we'll finally be able to put custom music back into our intros because that's all I'm after here, even though the games are terrible. Um yeah, but... why why do you still keep buying WWE <laughs> games? I, I don't. I don't. You're you're the problem? No, 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 no. I don't, Dave does, I just play them. Dave, Barry, all of these people
1: just Stop giving them the money, and delete. then you'll get the message. Anyways, back to the PlayStation <laughs> point. <laughs> I, I this, st- is the,
0: this is the most important
1: news that has ever been to me in my entire life.
0: Is it? Is this real? Is this true? Is this? Is I true? have
1: to delete stuff every single time. I yep. need to get a new game, and it is the most frustrating. Because what's,
0: what's the storage capacity on your PS4? A uh, 500 gig. I think. Okay, well, same as mine. Yeah,
1: but it's. I bought it not knowing that you couldn't hook up. Uh, external hard drive, which I just assumed that that functionality would exist you would think in the that. year of our Lord 2015 when yeah. I bought it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was able to do that on PlayStation 3.
0: Uh, yeah, PS3, uh, apart from also having uh external hard drive support also uh supported like pretty much every kind of file format you could think of for both uh photos and video uh which was great for um like anything that you had downloaded you could pretty much put it through and it would play wasn't the case for ps4 like it it played absolutely fuck all. um and you know in this world that we live in where uh consoles and or uh, developers and um like Sony and Microsoft are trying to make their console not only a console, but this kind of media platform that you have like n- under your TV, and it does like this all-in-one sort of feature. Uh, and the PS4 did none of it. Uh, it was just amazing that they kind of taken a step back, considering that a the PS3 technically was an absolute mess, but was still able with having external hardware uh, support um, and. Uh, kind of different file formats they could play so well done sony well done finally getting on board do you board. think do you think any of that functionality was
1: purposefully removed in response to people absolutely shitting all over that uh xbox one e3 announcement when they give they, when everyone hates it with the always online connect's always going to be watching you we're going to do all of the things your tv needs to do and then playstation come out that or sony come out that day and say oh wait we, we, we're just here to play games
0: Possibly, um, I certainly think that whatever Sony were planning on saying definitely was changed with what Microsoft said before in mind. Absolutely, I think that that goes without saying. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that where these platforms, these developers, are trying to move kind of further and further into the digital market handicapping players with a 500 terabyte uh, sorry 500 terabyte 500 gigabyte <laughs> i wish <laughs> <laughs> jesus yeah 2065 maybe will be there um a, a 500 gigabyte hard drive is it's still plenty of, of space but where these games and these um file patches are getting ridiculous like i think um Fallout 4 has a new texture pack this week or something, which is like 55 gigabytes. Which Jesus is, Christ. Which is fucking insane, you know? To be fair, that game needs it because it's a broken mess, but it's still, this is insane. And, like, your standard game, uh, like, if you're buying it uh, digitally, it can be anywhere up to 50, 55 gigabytes. Um, it's, it's crazy that they would want to go so f- much further into, like, digital games, but then restrict you for the first yeah. two years from being able to buy as many digital games as you might want to um so hey look slowly but surely we I think we're getting here and I mean considering you know the install base for for ps4s like they're at this time for when the ps2 was re- released like the PS4 is outselling the ps2 um I'm guessing it's not distracted players that much um now mark do you recall B Papa from the board I do recall be Papa, yes now
1: be Papa I uh, think four or five years ago said the console market's dead the ps4 will never sell the xbox one will never sell and that's it all gaming will now be owned by apple
0: well i mean he's said many he said many things over the years uh, i'm
1: so glad he was wrong about
0: that <laughs> i think he was my and this is very niche uh for any listeners who don't know but uh, <laughs> i think i know what you're about to say but but me and sean mcgee belong to um uh, a wonderful family that is called The Board, or we were, maybe, I'm not sure. Like, I'd like, barely ever go on there anymore. Yeah, I haven't
1: had an account in three years uh, or something. Yeah. Uh,
0: but B-Papa was, I think, was, like, I think maybe my only enemy on the board. Like, he he had no no kind of warm feelings towards me. And I think it was maybe one comment I once said about Apple, and he just lost the plot. It was just... insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Yeah. And, like... But then he thought it was like a gimmick, but it wasn't. No, because he... He also earnestly meant the insane things that he said. Yeah, because like he, he, I think he valued himself very much as like a, an Apple developer. Um, but I don't. Well, know. I think he, I think he put all his
1: life savings into making an app, and it failed miserably. And he had to like, sleep. Not, not that there's anything wrong with sleeping on someone else's sofa, but you know,
0: he reached for the stars and failed. And, I, mean, and, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm I, glad I, that he did. I am pretty much doing that at the moment, so can't really say a lot. I haven't failed yet. Uh, well, hey we'll have the life intervention after this podcast uh moving on fifa 18 is coming to the nintendo switch which is kind of a big deal and kind of not a, a big deal like so the wii u in terms of third party support wasn't really there like if you was looking for a sports game for the wii u uh, didn't really exist this is kind of a sign that uh the likes of ea are feeling a little bit more confident about putting development into games like fifa now i get the feeling that this will probably be the the version of fifa 18 will be um like the previous generations version that they'll have on the switch oh
1: yeah absolutely 100 yeah. percent. same as did you ever play any of the wii versions of
0: fifa uh i i dabbled briefly but i know that that was the same deal with them as well it
1: was horrific yeah <laughs> not worth having
0: it. No. i think you tried to put
1: in a little bit of the point functionality with the Wii
0: I'm sure they did. I fucking tried to do it of everything. It's oh, disgusting.
1: Yeah, they're... it was appalling. I don't think anyone that wants to play FIFA already owns something on which they can play FIFA, and the Switch will not be the destination they go to for that. So EA will sell that for one year and decide it's not
0: worth it. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like the best football game in the Wii was Mario Strikers Charged, and they it was should... fantastic. Yeah, they should probably just make that for for the Switch. But I think um, the key thing here is that um the developers are feeling a lot more confident about spending time and investing time in switch because the biggest issue with both the Wii and the Wii U is that if you have a game that's already coming out on at the time the PS3 or 4 or Xbox 360 or Xbox 1 you're you know mapping that game to a pretty similar to control a uh, controller um and then there's whatever's under the bonnet that you need to change for like the UI and stuff like that with the wii and the wii u you kind of have to completely rejig that game to work for that particular console in mind and let's be fair i don't think developers want to spend that much time because you know we they're under the pressure to get a game out within a couple of years as it is um and that's why, you know, we just we didn't see a lot of third party support. The third party support died for the Wii and and then it just didn't really exist for the Wii U other than a couple of launch games like Mass Effect three and Batman Arkham City, uh, which sold about five copies each. I so, did
1: actually expect to see a little bit of that sort of thing with the Switch, especially after Skyrim was
0: announced. Yeah, I what,
1: what? <laughs> don't know why you want to play Skyrim on the bus.
0: What a fucking random title to announce! I mean, I mean, I think maybe that's kind of, I, I still have no idea what the purpose of that is. Like, look, we can have Switch, uh, we can have Skyrim on the Switch. It's like, okay, cool. That was a really most, nice looking game about five years ago. Cool. The most interesting thing of those. And it's not even announced yet. But
1: remember that sc- the image with all the uh, publishers that were on board with the Switch. Sure, yeah. One of them's FromSoft. Now, I don't think Dark Souls is suitable for the bus.
0: Um, I mean, I don't think Dark Souls is suitable altogether. But we, anyway. I, no, I, I joke. I joke. I will I joke. up right now. <laughs> How far did you make it into Dark Souls? Oh, we didn't fucking get anywhere of that. I, like, did you get past our boss? Uh, we got past the first boss, yeah. And then there was a dragon, and then there was something else, and then he just gave up. And I, I feel at some point I might I might approach Dark Souls the way that I approached Final Fantasy, and I might give one of them a go and just try and kind of rail through it in a couple of weeks. Um, but I'm not making any promises on that at all. But people do tell me that Bloodborne is the best game of the PS4 so far, and, like... Part of me feels like I have to play it for that reason alone, but uh, I don't know.
1: I don't know. Uh, I don't. I think if you struggle with Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, just because of the pacing of it, maybe a step too far.
0: I mean, the only thing I struggled with was watching Dave play it. I just want to point that out. It's, oh, you didn't you get a hold of the controller? I, no, 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 no. Um, ah, there you go. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's barely ever played Mega Man, so what can he do? Geez. Um,. But yeah, like so, having a look uh, from what I've seen here in this press statement, you can see on mcvuk.com, uh, you know they, they look fully on board, um, and that's that's pretty cool to see. So I don't know, like it, the Switch is a pretty powerful piece of tech, and certainly for what they want to do with it in terms of making it be this kind of portable machine. Um, but I still think that it's it's going to be a, a scaled back version of FIFA. Um, oh,
1: it says... Just along with this, it says uh, they're powered by the FUT-15 engine. The most popular FIFA mobile game ever.
0: Ah, there we go. There, <laughs> there we go. go. Thank you, Sean McGee. Thank you very much. Amazing. Okay, uh, so we was just talking about Fire Emblem there. So on day one, Fire Emblem Heroes made $2.9 million. So for anyone bitching and moaning about Nintendo going to the handheld market don't know what to tell you but they're making a lot of money um and considering what pokemon go made for them last year in terms of coin uh and considering people are not entirely sure what's going to happen with the switch you know there are skeptics out there their stock prices did drop with the announcement of the switch and let's be honest their release date their release schedule for 2017 for the switch there's not a lot of games there um you know it's such that's such a, a weird launch and- Like I'm, I'm obviously I'm looking forward to Zelda, even though I'm not going to actually be able to play a Switch until probably Christmas. Um, but like you've got Zelda, you've got Mario Kart later on in the year, you've got Splatoon later on in the year, and then you've got I don't know, fucking Bomberman, Revengeance, or whatever the fuck the R stands (laughs) for. But that's it. Like it's crazy. So, and I think as well, even for handheld, like the only other game they've got announced for the end of this year is Animal Crossing. It's so, it's
1: so Nintendo. It's such a isn't it self-sabotaging just? thing to do. There was no reason at all. Maybe because it's the financial report in quarter one to bring out the switch when they did. There's no. There's no Christmas rush around March. Was it March the 24th it comes out? Uh, but, middle of March, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. There's no. No one's going out and buying new consoles for kids at the start of March. Which, to be honest. You and I can sit here and talk about it. We might buy one. But Edgelords sitting on Reddit talking about whatever games they are playing the week, the Cods, whatever, they're not going to go and rush out and get a Switch. It's going to be for young people or people like you, me, and Stephen McLennan, who have loved the Nintendo games for ages. Yeah. So for the three learners, is going to go out and buy it immediately because he has to have every Zelda game as soon as it comes out. You and I might get it towards Christmas when a price drop comes in and... Maybe one or three more games results. Well. Yeah. So there's no reason to bring it out to match, and there's also no reason to have to just complete paucity of games. It's got. They've just brought out Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon, yep. the nearest, mm-hmm. most recent generation, sold more than any in years and years and years and years. How can that not? The third member. Whenever they have the third pillar, how can the third pillar of that not be ready immediately for Switch?
0: It's, hey, like, <laughs> I don't work for Nintendo, don't I? I don't Pokemon, know. Pokemon Star for the Switch launch title, you, you, you'd sell
1: a few million more units immediately.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, hey, you're fucking, you are absolutely correct.
1: You would you would have, you would have people complaining online, oh, it's just a up uh, mobile game, so, who cares? Sell your units. Exactly. Put yeah. in a little bit of, but a little bit more online functionality, tidy it up a little bit. You sell units, but no, you're sending it out with Zelda, which you can buy on the Wii U now if you want. It's, I mean, you can, it's the same about Pokemon, you can also, also you buy that. But I having a, a home version of Pokemon, a, a real mainline Pokemon, it would be a system seller. It's insane
0: Yeah, I, it's just Zelda. I, I, I think as well, like, I, I'm not 100% confident on this, but I don't think... F- Throughout the years of uh, Nintendo, I don't think like Zelda has traditionally been like the system seller for the console. Like Mario sixty four was for the Nintendo sixty four, no doubt about it. Um, and I don't think Wind Waker was because that was you know kind of quite a controversial Zelda game for its time. Um, and I certainly and, like Wii Sports was what sold the Wii. So you know this is going to be interesting that you've got a launch day Zelda title uh, for the, this particular Nintendo console. And, I mean, like, hey, it looks incredible. Like, I want to play it. I want to just get lost in that world because... Oh,
1: yeah, I'm very excited for for Link running around the world Sky Skyrim. Yeah.
0: It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) But I wonder, like, are they hedging their bets on this or are they um like they've done with the mini Nes, where they're just they're gonna have a small um s- small release of these consoles to begin with and kind of gonna kinda slowly gradually build it up just to kind of dip in the waters because maybe they are kind of tetchy considering how the wii u s- sold so poorly that they don't want to overshoot their target and and but I don't know. Like I mean, they've...
1: that's that's the thing. If you don't want to, we don't want to overshoot our target. We don't want to do too much at once. Well, that's what they did with the Wii and that's uh, the Wii U, and that's why that failed because yeah. it was such a slow drawn out process of getting games for it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, the the one good thing for them is that they are selling the Switch itself at a profit, which is very rare for a hardware console. Yeah. It yeah, um, like that—that's pretty much unheard of. So. But,
1: that's, but that's also negative because all I've heard is people complain that those controllers are too expensive, that the uh, the little block that you get to hold your controls on when you take them away from the machine that that doesn't charge. You'd have to buy a more expensive one to charge. Everyone's complaining about that already.
0: Yeah, every, every kind of good thing you can say about the Switch, there is at least one or two negatives as well. Uh, it's fair to say it's not been a, a perfect announcement. Like, when we had the original announcement of the Switch, everyone was like, this looks really cool, which happens, you know, a new thing is announced, everyone gets excited. But, like, as we've slowly had more announcements about the Switch and what it is and what games have come out, uh, there, there have been enough negatives to i think like i've seen a lot of people say that they're they've either canceled their pre-order are not gonna make a pre-order or they're gonna wait until like christmas when hey there are actually games of this fucking thing to play it gets less cool every single time i hear about it yeah and the the, the adverts for it fucking suck as well <laughs> by the way oh
1: whoa, 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 whoa. are you telling me that you don't want to go to a basketball court and then play
0: basketball on your switch rather than play real basketball i mean we you crazy man? We, we could start at that and end of that sentence that i do not want to go to a basketball court but hey there we go um as uh, kind of announced when talking about fire fire emblem and uh, nintendo plan to release two to three mobile games each year uh, there's nothing here about what games they will might look into um, I mean, they have enough IPs to work from. I could see maybe like a Kirby handheld game of some description. See, cause... that
1: sounds really good.
0: Yeah, like that's like kind of graphically, like you can do something very minimal with that. And... Wait, hold on. Let me let me just think this
1: through. Is Flappy Bird still the number one Nintendo IP on mobile? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's been taken down now, hasn't it? Well, it got took down. It was brought back. i not. I can't recall. Or. Imagine flappy bird with Kirby but you could Hoover up stuff in between.
0: I That's I, That's for free that Nintendo. I think we free. should I think we should take that to Miyamoto. I think he uh I think I think we could make some money off of that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think like there's plenty of things off the top of my head. I think there's a Kirby game you could do there. I'd love to see them do some sort of augmented reality Pokémon Snap. Like using some of the features they've got with Pokemon Go and expanding on that, I just want another Pokemon Snap game. To be honest, I do
1: I've I've played small Pokemon Snap multiple times and I've never understood <gasps> why everyone.
0: It's okay, I slagged off Dark Souls. I can't. That's I can't it. You know, anything, I'm just so. trying to get you back. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, hey, look, no one's perfect. It's grand, so it's all good. Uh, I I think to be honest, I think Animal Crossing is going to be the really big one because if there's any game that's going to be made that will be perfectly suitable for handheld like i mean games have been doing the the way that animal crossing is but for handheld anyway so like to actually use animal crossing i think that's going to be really good and considering uh, the last one uh, i think it was new leaf had uh, it was basically a game where you'd pick it up do everything you need to, to do for 15 20 minutes and then you'd put it back down and won't play against the next day like that's perfect all they need to do is put that on mobile and boom they're going to I'm very
1: excited for the lawsuit where farmville goes after Nintendo. Oh, wouldn't that be a thing? Wouldn't
0: that be a fucking oh,
1: crackle. thing? <laughs> It'd be worse than uh Candy Crush. Was a King went after some they ripped off someone had made the Candy Crush game first and then King brought out Candy Crush and then sued the guy who had made the game first.
0: Yeah, it's It's, it's just the fucking funniest thing. It's like the burglar going into your house and then like whatever happens and then up suing you. It's just I Hey look, we live in a strange world, what can I say? yeah uh square enix have announced that there'll be a story update to final fantasy 15's controversial 13th chapter i've heard a lot about this 13th 13th chapter but i haven't read too much into it um they've announced as well that there'll be ps4 pro support uh, which will allow the game to run at 60 fps do you have final fantasy 15 i've got it there, waiting to play but for- World of Final Fantasy took over and I didn't get a chance. I, you're one of the very few people why I imagine that's the case. but hey. Yeah, I'm probably the only one. You does are, you are seem, a unique flower, and that's why we love you. Does that not
1: seem really odd to you that a, a game storyline's reckoned during its life cycle?
0: Well, they they did that with Mass Effect 3. Um, no, but that, that added an extra ending well, after the game. Sure, yeah, I guess. This, uh, is, this is changing the st- story during play. I mean, I've always found Final Fantasy stories to be convoluted enough that I probably wouldn't have made that much difference to me. But I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know much about what the kind of the controversy that exists in the thirteenth chapter. But I mean, if if enough people were making a shitstorm about it, maybe Square Enix was like, ah, look, fuck it. If it's going to keep people playing, we'll just go in there. We'll do something about it. I mean, I doubt it's the same as bringing Ares back to life. So hey, whatever. Ares was it. Was it area for Ares, I swear, like it had to... Ares, Ares. It's not like part of the next
1: generation next in way. it's not Austin Ares. <laughs> I, like... couldn't think of the, I couldn't think of the name of that stable
0: for so long, Gener- generation next, yeah. Were... yeah.
1: Right, so what I want to do Ares. now because you think these stories are convoluted, I may call an audible and instead of talking about Final Fantasy 9. I may just have you try and explain the story of Final Fantasy VII at the end oh, and god. see if you get it
0: right. Jesus Christ, please don't make me do that. I haven't played oh, that game in at least two so years. Fuck, look, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you very briefly now. There's a guy who thinks he's someone but doesn't know who he is, who turns out to be someone else, I think. There's a guy over there who's a bit of a goth who has mummy issues. Um, there's a meteorite and then there's a bit in the in the end where Om- <laughs> Omni Slash... Is that it? Uh, Did I get it? Yeah, that's that's all of it exactly. Yep, yeah, great. And then, do you know combined. that you
1: don't, you never meet Sephiroth in that game until you get to the crater in the north?
0: Uh, oh, yeah, because it's all like uh, 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 flashbacks, isn't it? And... No, no, because you like see him walking around, but it's
1: never him. I didn't find out until like fifteen years after I'd finished the game the first time. Who is it then? It's uh, it's chunks of his mother.
0: oh yeah
1: that
0: that fucking yeah i remember reading about that and just went huh really
1: now shambles yeah now the best and worst part of this uh final fantasy uh patch story is did you see the uh suits that were coming the dlc suits for the characters that made them all look like power rangers i did not see that but that sounds fantastic Uh, yeah it was it was fucking brilliant and it was so (laughs) fantastic the Haim Saban, owner of the uh, Power Rangers copyright license, uh, told him to take them down. And now they can't be released. Some people just want to destroy the world. Yeah, you should have seen these outfits as well. They were absolutely brilliant. Which makes me think, how did Tekken Tag Tournament has very similar outfits for all of the characters in that? I wonder how they got away with that.
0: I don't know. All I know is that the next Tekken has King dressed up as a at one point. It's just thing. Uh, that's like, that is my jam right there because I fucking love Tekken and I fucking love New Japan. So yeah, put those King two together. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. I'm um, And then lastly, on our news for the week that I have here, uh, first shots of the new Tomb Raider film have appeared. Uh, I haven't looked too much into this because like, when it comes to uh, film adaptations of games, the track record, it's not really great. Uh, Did you ever see the first two Tomb Raider films? Absolutely not. (laughs) They're not great.
1: (laughs) I can not imagine.
0: And, uh, you know, back in the day, um I can say like Angelina Jolie, she was on my good girl list. Um but still uh just just fucking Rimmer's in there and like it makes no sense and Daniel Wait, Craig Rimmer as, as in From Red Dwarf. From Red Dwarf is in there as the butler.
1: Oh am I watching? watch it now. Chris Barry.
0: Yep, yeah. And am oh, uh, excited. i have never heard of this woman before. whatever her name was. Uh, no, I, I well, she, I know she was in um, Ex uh, Machina, uh, which was uh, a pretty good film. Um, oh,
1: I said about that recently. I was thinking about watching that. Yeah, Is it good.
0: Yeah, yeah, very good, very good, very good. Um, and I'm guessing she's one of the girls in the Man from Uncle trailer that looked very pretty. So hey, you know, I mean, whatever. She was in
1: a uh, Bond film last year as well. See, I never saw I, that one. I've not
0: seen one since the first. I, I presume they're all kind of similar. Like, yeah, it's the first
1: one where he's driving around in a mini.
0: That could be any of them, to be perfectly honest. I think that's the one. That's the one I've seen, anyway. Yeah. Uh, he has a fight.
1: You know, does that not all
0: yeah. work out? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, also, the original uh, Tomb Raider has Daniel Craig with what is the least convincing and just the worst American accent I've ever heard put on by any actor ever. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a terrible film. Like... Not even in a Mortal Kombat Street Fighter redeeming qualities. It's so campy. It's so good, bad, good kind of way. It's just it's a fucking awful film. And I, I, won't, I won't hear a thing against Street Fighter the movie. Like I, I've said it, and I'll say it to, the, to, to my deathbed that Raul Julia's performance in that, the, the, the scenery that he chews up is is admirable. Like it's inspirational um, what he what, does. What a, what a performance to go out on! I know, you're, right? You're gonna die. Do that first. Like, I, I don't care that his kids maybe might have ruined his career by making him do that. You know, he fucking's like, fuck this. I'm, if I'm gonna die from, it was, uh, was it bowel cancer? I have No idea. I, th- I think it was something along those lines. But he was just like, fuck you. Watch this. Um, yeah. So I, I, did you see? Uh, what was the last video game, uh, a film adaptation of video game that you saw?
1: Uh. Which, which was the newest or which was the last one was, I saw?
0: What was the last one that you saw?
1: Uh, the Street Fighter movie I watched. Um, <laughs> I watched last summer. My girlfriend came over to Spain where I was living at the time. And the first night, instead of going out, she had literally just got there. She wanted to go and see the sights and, you know, go to a bar or whatever. I was like, nope, we're going to sit in, we're going to get some pizza, and we're going to watch Jean-Claude Van Damme kick some ass.
0: Yeah, Jean-Claude was... Van, that all-American hero. You know, yeah. Colonel Guile with the best Brussels accent. What a guy. Uh, what was the, the newest uh, film of this nature then that you saw?
1: I think I saw one of the Resident Evil ones a while ago.
0: Again, they all kind of blend into each it's other. The one with the laser hallway. Was that, that might not be the first pissed.
1: one? It might have been, yeah. Fucking shit.
0: Yeah. I've always said, like, why the fuck would you take a video game that based itself off of kind of George Romero style of of zombie film and then turn it into an action film? Why, 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 why? I just... Because they'd seen the later games, or they'd seen later
1: areas in the early games. So have you played Resident Evil 2? Yeah. So when you get towards the end, you go through that like industrial science complex thing. Sure, sure, sure. Like I think they saw that bit, and they were like, oh, that's what this is about. It's mm. about laser hallways and looking cool. And I think maybe you'd seen Fifth Element recently. And found his wife there? Maybe.
0: I mean, like, it was fucking shit. Actually, speaking of shit, did you ever see the the PS one game of the Fifth Element? Oh no, is that a thing? It's a thing. It's fucking terrible. It's it's like one of the worst PS one games.
1: Is it as bad as PS one game of the TV show reboot?
0: I <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that
1: or heard because it. that is that is the uh. High watermark for shit PS1 games, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Okay, I I might do a comparison piece and uh, and see. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the 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 PS1 Fifth Element game, like like the, you play as um, her character model. I can't remember what her name is in the film, but uh, oh, Lilo Dallas. Yeah, uh Her her character model is as blocky and like think of the original Laura Croft's PS1 model, but even yeah. worse and even more blocky. Um, I
1: remember, I remember I got uh, I got a PlayStation in about I think it was ninety six or ninety seven for Christmas, and I went round to a friend of mine's and like comparing games because he got one for Christmas as well, and he'd had the first Tomb Raider. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, this is great! I can look at this hot girl's ass all the time while I'm playing it." I was just looking at it, thinking, "That looks like a brown lego." <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you doing? Me, me and uh, Dave tried to play that a little while ago because I think it was the twentieth anniversary, and that game is unfucking playable really it's are just the controls she controls like a cow in a shopping trolley because i've got very
1: fond memories of playing the second one I, i got to the end boss and just could never beat that last boss it's
0: it's it's like a walking puzzle game but i but a game that isn't inherently designed to be a puzzle game in the way that you actually move i i think maybe i'm not sure like i it might be that because i didn't play the game till later on that I can't appreciate how it controls now, and considering how uh, those types of exploration games have been transformed, and like the ease that you can climb up a building in Assassin's Creed or Uncharted gives you that kind of uh, slickness, like water flowing from rock to rock. Oh yeah,
1: I think that's I think that's the case. I yeah. think with Tomb Raider, that it was very much about lining yourself up in, in the exact right location to make the jump that you needed to do. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't really skill based, it was just identifying where you were supposed to stand and pushing blocks into the right places so you could do yeah. remember uh Soul Reaver was very similar as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I I just I think that the controls were I don't know, they they feel unresponsive enough. Um I mean, hey look, it's a twenty year old game, so I can't yeah. slag it off that much. But,
1: also, uh... also going back to anything without twin stick, anything where you can move the your camera around, I can't
0: play anymore. I, yeah. tried, to play, I tried to play Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah, anymore. I know, right? It's it's just, it's like, what the fuck? How the fuck did we ever do this? We were yeah, in the Stone Ages. It's like the an edge, but
1: that came out after, like, dual analog sticks were a thing. And it's like, how am I supposed to... Unbearable.
0: Yeah, any kind of, like, third-person action game where the, the camera's kind of over the shoulder or uh, any first-person shooter, like, unless it's on the N64 and you've got the middle stick and you've got the C buttons to kind of control the camera around, like, anything on the PS1, I just, I can't do anything with this. Like, unless it's like a side-scroller, I can't play this. Unpopular opinion. I fucking hate the N64 controller with all of my being. Believe me, you are not the only one to say that. (laughs) There are people out there uh, who share a popular opinion. And I can see... Why uh, people hate their controller? Um, I have a personal appreciation for it. It was a console I grew up playing a lot of. Um, I, I do know that there are plenty of people out there who fucking hate their controller and the GameCube controller and the Wii controller. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can fuck off. The GameCube controller is the best controller of all time. See, I don't like the C button uh, configuration. on that. Stick. Yeah, that, that that doesn't do it for me. I quite like that. Uh, also,
1: uh, WWE Day of is the best WWE game.
0: <laughs> now that's a fucking bold statement, Sean. All right? just... <laughs> it's, it's, it's bold and correct, my friend. Um, oh yeah,
1: another unpopular opinion. No mercy is trash, oh, and the Ashi engine is trash.
0: Oh, oh look, I I know I slagged off Dark Souls, but this <laughs> this is you're, you're pushing it now. You're pushing the boundaries of what I'll accept on this show. Um, okay, I will stop there. Uh, <laughs> we will leave it here before you know tempers flare up. Uh, and we will move on to talk about this week's book club feature. Uh, we are going to be looking at uh, a classic. I'd like to say a classic. We're going to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> Final Fantasy IX is a role-playing video game developed and published by Square for the PlayStation video game console. Originally released in 2000, it is the ninth title in the Final Fantasy series and last to debut on the original PlayStation console. In 2010, it was re-released as a PS1 Classics title on the PlayStation Network. The game introduced new features to the series like the active time event, magnets, and a unique equipment and skill system. Now, we have you on, as mentioned earlier on, that... Uh, you're on this show because you are certainly more of um, a Final Fantasy expert than either me or Dave could ever possibly hope to be. Um, I I came into the series a lot later on. Um, like I think around about 2005-2006 is where I started trying to actually play some Final Fantasy games. Um, it would take me a couple of years late before I actually managed to complete any. Um, you wanted to come on and talk about... I, I, I said last week I wanted to talk about six. That will probably happen at some point in the future. You wanted to talk about nine, which I'm more than happy to do because playing through the Final Fantasy games that I've played, which has predominantly been six, seven, and now nine. Out of those three, seven is actually my least favourite. Even though that that's kind of the one that everyone talks about when they they say you know what is the best Final Fantasy game. Uh, well, I, that's
1: because that's everyone's favourite.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's that's kind of yeah. That's that's uh, yeah. Absolutely. So talk to me about your kind of original experience, your history with Final Fantasy and like your original experiences with Final Fantasy Nine.
1: Okay, well, as I've just said, Final Fantasy Seven was everyone's first and it was uh, mine, but it wasn't my first uh, Square game. I played... Do you ever play Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo? I know of it, never played it. Unbelievable game. Fantastic. Absolutely gorgeous. Loved it. So when I'd heard about... This Final Fantasy coming out, so looked into it a little bit because you know the internet was not what it was back in 1997. So, in its I to, Yeah, I had to ask people about what it was.
0: God, do you remember, remember those days? Fucking
1: mm-hmm. yeah, you know. F- remember the days when you had to go to a computer to ask people? That seems difficult now because you could have it in your phone. Remember, 1997, not knowing. Any, I was to buying magazines to learn this shit. So. I got into Final Fantasy with Final Fantasy 7 after knowing that. I really liked previous Square games that I played. I think they released Rock and Roll Racing as well, which I really loved. Then I played 8. Thought that was a a step up sort of graphically and theme-wise, but it didn't have that edgelord shit that everyone loves from Final Fantasy 7. And Final Fantasy 9 comes along and it's uh, reading Games Master Magazine or whatever it was at the time. In fact, I think this is one of the first sort of videos I ever watched on the internet as well as is of one of the trailers. And I was just like, what what is this? Where's the modern technology and where's you know, the the cool cyberpunk looking stuff that I've come to expect? And I really I really couldn't get into it with the trailer at first. And I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna enjoy this one bit. I'm gonna really really suffer and Try and struggle through it, and then I started playing it, and immediately just blown away by the charm of every character in it. For like, for the first few hours, you're introduced to uh, Vivi, the little black mage, uh, Zidane is the main character you control, uh, Steiner, not Scott, becomes an enemy quite early on, and you're walking around with a couple of friends who get frozen in the woods, and the main female character, uh, Garnet, and just the little interactions between them and the, the the happy-go-lucky feel of it in the early hours is such a stark contrast to miserable, miserable squall from Final Fantasy VIII and stoic, spiky-haired, dickhead, Cloud. I mean, Cloud wasn't so bad in Seven as he's become since. But just having Zidane just be this really interesting, fun, roguish character just pulled me straight in and... It, it, and I immediately dispelled any sort of misgivings of that about the setting or the themes of it. And then once you get past all that, it gets a lot deeper than you think. What did you think when
0: you first gave it a go? Well, this is the thing. Like, one of the things I noticed straight away, and the comparison I make is the... If you play um, Majora's Mask and then play Wind Waker, like, it's the same series, but the, the tonal shift is, is so drastic. And, like... I um I have an appreciation for both of those games because they are doing you know it's the same series but they go in two very different directions and like I appreciate um the the cyberpunk suppressiveness of uh, Final Fantasy VII and the opening setting in Midgar but at the same time like just gets a bit too fucking melodramatic for my liking after a while uh, and certainly in some of the, the dialogue as well and that's never the easiest thing because obviously it's a Japanese game that's being translated some things will get lost in translation yeah, yeah. that's a given but yeah like from the opening couple of hours of playing Final Fantasy 9 from having a main protagonist who wasn't this just kind of questioning everything and questioning himself and wondering, oh, who am I? What am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like, just Zidane knows who he is and gives no fucks. And like uh, Vivi just immediately, just, I've, I love that character. Um, I unfortunately see more of myself in him than I care to admit. That's actually
1: one of the, the best parts of World of Final Fantasy is the um, only only two characters that come back from nine are Ico the Solmane and Vivi. And Vivi is quite prominent. Oh, that makes it's me so the, side missions. It's, it's oh. the best
0: um but all the characters are just they they have kind of life to them they have characters to them um and i think and this is you know a pretty bold statement considering how much of a melodramatic tit i've been for most of my life but th- there's none of that melodrama here certainly not for like a significant portion of the the introduction and the first few hours of the game it just it's not there it's this kind of really lively um Kind of older Victorian, not Victorian, uh, kind of medieval sort of setting that harkens back to the the original Final Fantasy games, but kind of brought to life in the the late nineties with the the tech that I mean, Square Enix pushed that PS one console to its limits, and you know it really shows with this last one.
1: Oh, uh, you can so, with, with with nine, you can really feel where it's grinding up against the very limits of what that can do because if you get into battles, the the time it takes to get into a battle, there's a, a longer delay than there is for seven or eight. It's quite noticeable, but once you get in there, it's you know it's it's difficult to go back and deal with that loading time. But in the original, you'll be used to it because
0: you'd had the PlayStation. You know, everything took that long. Yeah. But, uh... Um. And so, like, what is it? What is it exactly about this one that you um? Enjoy more, appreciate more. Just think that this is better compared against like the the fucking monolith that is Final Fantasy VII and the kind of slightly darker redheaded stepchild that is Final Fantasy VIII. Like, what is it about Final Fantasy IX that for you, uh, you think holds up better than, than those two? I think it just has a a, a larger sense of fun about it.
1: Like, like you said, Seven's got all the melodrama, and it has got little. Moments in seven where you're you're away from the main story and you're riding the motorbike or you're snowboarding, but all of those minigames they never felt brilliant and they weren't really that additive. But and that was seven's answer to where's the fun in this game. It's that also seven had chocobo racing, which took years and years and years,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Whereas nine had a little chocobo hunting minigame, or you had a minigame with uh, Queena, where you'd go into a pond and catch frogs. And it was only for a few minutes. It was fun. Just everything everything about it just seemed more cheerful. And even the, the story in Nine is very heavy in parts. It's very um, introspective. Like, VV's entire arc is about finding who he is as a person. He's had his... He, 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 he's almost an amnesiac character, which is a bit of a cliche, but he's walking along in his daily life and then once he gets in this adventure with his, with these new characters that he's met, he finds out that he's manufactured in a factory along with all of these other black mages and just Reevee's little storyline of trying to work out who he is and how he fits in the world and what all these extra black mages he's found that are meant to be weapons but he sees camaraderie with them. Him trying to figure out that all of how all that works together and how he can still carry on even a story as deep as that in the middle of it doesn't detract from how bright and bubbly it is all the time.
0: I think what makes that work is that with Final Fantasy VII, pretty much all of the characters have an introspective arc to them, uh, which I think is its main issue for me in a way that it drags it down. But with here, you have one character that has this this real kind of introspective storyline, but all the other characters have different sort of storylines that are doing different things. I think that's one of the things that I like about it.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's the case because you've got uh, Freya. All she wants to do is find out why her paramour has left home to go and fight for the war. That that's quite a sad story in the end. But it's not. Oh, always me. Who am I? It's her trying to just, just search for him and trying to piece things together. It's not uh, Vincent hiding in a cave, fucking
0: desolate from the world. <laughs> And Vincent's a cool character, you know, to yeah, say but yeah. it's a side, but Hey, he's cool when you're about sixteen and you know.
1: Well this is it and this is it. Yeah, this was a question I've been think I've been trying to ponder over the last few days and I w I wanna get your opinion on it. Because Final Fantasy nine is such a love letter to Final Fantasy one through six, do you think it would have been better served to have came out before seven VII and eight?
0: oh that's that's a heavy question i don't know how like how qualified i am to answer that in that because i came so much after and in some ways like my my perspective on final fantasy is a lot different to other people that have played them growing up um you know i'm i'm looking at them as more like a historian who appreciates video games and and games that have come before um in some ways i appreciate that Square Enix went back to the drawing board you know I feel like from what I know of Final Fantasy 8 they went so far in a particular direction kind of like um, and I, I bring the comparison up again like they went Nintendo went as far as they could with Majora's Mask in that just utter bleakness yeah. apocalyptic kind of setting that they had to rein it back and go in the other direction and went with the kind of oceanic tropic adventurous swashbuckling style of Wind Waker and was applauded for doing it and I applauded for doing it because they just like we have to move this in another direction and i feel that this is kind of a similar thing here where the 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 suppressiveness and the the bleakness (laughs) of seven and from what i know of eight they were like no we, we need to move away from the the futuristic cyberpunk settings i think part of it as well maybe that maybe square enix realized that they couldn't do what they wanted to do graphically. Like, if you look at Final Fantasy VII, like, the, the pre-rendered backdrops are lovely. The, 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 the contrast of the character model and the pre-rendered backdrops, just, they don't work. They have no. aged hideously. And I think that there's a more a natural a kind of seamlessness between the character models and the settings of Final Fantasy IX. But it just f- fits together and, like, does, think, doesn't make the game age as much.
1: On that point, though, if if we're talking, final, if we're talking Square in 95, 96 time developer develop those sort of blocky uh, characters that you got in seven would have been better suited to a updated environment. The way nine was, you you've got that medieval setting that people were ready for and had seen before in four, five, six because not a lot of people played the Nintendo originals in the West. Um. So, I think if you, if, if, did you ever see the Final Fantasy VI demo on updated uh, technology? It's a 3D render of Final Fantasy VI characters.
0: Yeah, I've seen, I've seen clips of it. I know I've seen uh, Kefka, like his 3D model. Um, Yeah, I've seen some of that.
1: Those, those models from there could fit in from a, from a less, uh, less detailed version of Final Fantasy IX Worlds, and you wouldn't lose too much from it, because the character of the characters is from who they are and the personalities. So I think, I think you could tell that story in the technology that you had then, and not lose that much. Especially since they were keeping those characters not human proportions. Some of them are a little bit super deformed or whatever. Yeah. I think I think it would have worked better than seven did where you had the super farm characters and then the realistic ones and in, in the cutscenes.
0: Yeah, potentially. I mean it would have been interesting like if nine and seven had been swapped around, like how seven would look with the pre render backdrops and the, the character models that they were making by like the year two thousands. Um I I feel that nine if have been created when 7 was i think it might have not lost as much as i feel that 7 does in the way it is and i think that's just because of the, the backdrop and the setting and um i know i just think the the kind of overall uh, tone of the game i think there's just there's more of a contrast in the character models and the, the backdrop in 7 than there is in 9 i think yeah. maybe um what do you feel about like them taking step backs with or actually tell me about like the mechanics of 8 and 9 because i know about 7 and like stuff like the limit break and like because for me like the reason that 6 i think 6 is my favorite final fantasy game out of the three of them with 9 having an appreciation for a different reason but what i like about 6 is that like all the characters have their own um kind of individual fighting style almost like the way that you used it yep. in, in in the the battle system like how does uh seven to eight to nine how's the kind of comparison there and how does nine hold up do you feel
1: well firstly i just want to get back to the other point and say obviously i don't think nine should have came out when seven did because it would never have made as much money and square would be bust no. well, yeah <laughs> anyway just in case fair anyone point. question that fair i was point. trying to say would it be fair to nine not should square have done it obviously square shouldn't have done it yeah but uh I think 7 was an odd step back into streamlining, maybe. Trying to make every character be able to do everything with no differences aside from limit breaks. Uh, it's it's okay for a beginner, and it's... Um, Does it feel westernised? A little bit, yeah, because it's... It, It allows you to play waifu wars. You can just put in whatever character you like the look of the most rather than who's the most functional. Yeah. Eight is almost exactly the same, but Eight's system is so incredibly broken that all you do is build up your characters in a way that you never level them up and you just allow... Squall to do his level 4 limit break over and over and over and over again for the rest of history.
0: I'll keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. Because um, the way it works Nate is enemy characters only level up when you level up. But by getting new magic from around the world and junction it to your character's stats, you can raise all of your character's stats without leveling them up at all. <laughs> so, if you get... Uh, Squall's attack stats as high as you possibly can. You can put them in his, in a state. Oh, I forget what it's called. Is it like you are just
0: kind of artificially
1: leveling, leveling them up? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It's it's it's.
1: Imagine the Skyrim leveling system, but without the your level number going up. So you I level up your abilities, but your actual level doesn't raise. Sure, you're just so raising you, the
0: stats, but not the actual yeah, level. Yeah,
1: exactly. So then, once you get Squall's levels high enough. You can put him in a constant state of being in his limit break, and just do it over and over and over again and win the game. So you can't really compare eight to anything because it's (laughs) just. I love. By the way, I love eight. Yeah. Story wise, it's okay. Just being able to mess with that RPG system for hours and hours and hours and see what I can do. Love it.
0: Nine. It's one out of the three that I've the least like to go on but like a friend of the show jack lazel like he's a big big fan of eight as well and he does tell me that i should he thinks i won't enjoy it as much as as, as the other two but he does say that i should sit down at some point and, and just kind of crack through in a week
1: yeah in
0: a week probably
1: you get your guide out for that oh yeah oh uh, yeah <laughs> and nine nine similar to six in that everyone's assigned a role and you level up Your abilities by uh, carrying different weapons or accessories or gems in battle, leveling up them, and then, so say you get, say you're Zidane and you get yourself a dagger. Your dagger will instantly come with a thief attack. So every time you get experience points, you are building up your character's innate ability to use that attack without holding on to the sword. So, after you've leveled it, you can change your dagger for something else and you will still know how to use Thief. I think that's an absolutely brilliant system and it's one that um, led me to just grinding around areas in the world, trying to find that one specific enemy in the the world that gives you the most experience or AP point to think it is in 9. To just have all of the abilities for all of the characters, but because all of the characters are so different, so you've got Freya, who's a lancer, Aiko uh, and Garnet, who are summoners, but one of them, they each have to fulfill a white and black mage role. Uh, Stein is a traditional knight. Zidane's a thief. Oh, sorry, Vivi's your black mage. I apologise. Um, and Amaranth, who is, I think he's a monk, but Final Fantasy V style monk. Anyway, having that different cast and those different skills really allows you to mix up your party in interesting ways and, and forces you to as well. Whereas seven you can just go, okay, he's got spiky hair, he looks like he'd hang out with him. That's my waifu. All of you have got the same abilities. And I think it's I think it's a lot less fun. I think it's a lot less interesting to play around with. Because knowing to have the right person at the right time when you're in the right battle is is, is, is one of the most fundamentally fun and interesting things in a Japanese RPG and it, it feels so stripped out in 7 and I miss it and it's a, it, it's a little bit of an issue with World of Final Fantasy because um, you've only got the two main characters and you can assign either of them, any of the little monsters that you catch in that but the leveling up of the abilities and that is very similar to the the, the leveling up your swords and whatever in 9 so, yeah, I think
0: nine's very much preferable. one of the things that I might put against Final Fantasy Nine for me is I feel that it doesn't have as as memorable of an antagonist as uh six or seven does like I mean for me, uh Kefka as a fucking psychotic clown who actually does destroy the world, spoiler alert um. I'm a big fan of that. Like, there's a guy there who has a mission and he goes out and actually does it. Fair play to him, Sephiroth. for all of his flaws as a character, he does he's still very memorable and very iconic for obvious reasons. Again, Final Fantasy VII is you know the biggest one, so he is going to be by um by osmosis almost. With nine, I feel that's maybe one area where the game doesn't get its footing in as as well. Would you agree? Would you disagree?
1: Um, I don't think he's as heralded, but I think you've missed a a big point about Kuja, and it is that Kuja is Vegeta.
0: <laughs> See, my my problem there with that is I only can think of Vegeta from. The, have you ever seen Dragon Ball Z abridged? I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah. Okay. My my um like what I feel or what I see now or vision when I get Vegeta is that version of Vegeta. So like what you're saying to me is now horrendously skewed and it's not because of, <laughs> because of you, it's because of that.
1: Why is <laughs> my life always being ruined by team four star? <laughs> right. Cause Zidane, so you haven't finished the game. So you're
0: not as, you're, are, yeah. you, are you aware that Zidane is Goku? Um, <laughs> again, like Goku has also been skewed because of team four star. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, right.
1: So Zidane the main the main guy, uh he was sent from another world to uh take over the land that he uh, the earth that he lands in at the start of the game. But knocks his head, forgets his gimmick, and just lives life as a normal person. Fucking hell, he actually is Goku, Jesus. Yeah yeah, he is. <laughs> no, have you have you seen him get his limit break? He goes Super Saiyan level four. I'm
0: gonna have to look this all up afterwards. He has a tail for no reason. Well, there, there is that. I was going to say he's he the only does, one. He does have a tail, and I was always like, "Why does he? Is he? Is he going to turn into a monkey? What the fuck's to do with that?"
1: Yeah, he's he is Goku,
0: and because of that, Kuja
1: is obviously Vegeta. He came. He comes later on, and finds out that Goku hasn't taken over the world the way he's supposed to, and he is now setting himself about to do it. Aside from that, he isn't as interesting because he doesn't. You don't. You don't see him the way you see Sephiroth. He doesn't turn up and burn down a village and then turn around coolly into that. He rides down on a dragon with a few wings extra. That's about it. And he moans a little bit. He's at least better than the uh, the
0: guy from Final Fantasy X. What's his name? Seymour? Uh, I've, Ten. Ten is not one I can give you any information on. It's the word the absolute worst. Isn't there a giant whale in that at some point or am I just... It's sin. It turns out it's Titus's dad. Okay, that's sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. You
1: know the canon ending for Final Fantasy X comes in like a, a comic book or something?
0: Yep, that sounds so <laughs> like something they amazing. would do. Yep. It's an
1: extended universe. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, Kuja's not as good but Kuja's not even the main boss. In traditional... Final Fantasy 1, 2, I think, 3. Uh, the final boss is someone that you don't even see till the very end. You beat Kuja, and you think you've done it all, and then out of nowhere, death just turns up, and he's like, hang on. What's this? I'm going to have to kill you now. Then you batter him, then you leave, and then Vegeta's rehabilitated, and he's on your side now. It's, it's
0: exactly Dragon Ball. It's unbelievable. And that's why it's the best. <laughs> okay I'm going to have to go and actually finish this now to uh, to get an appreciation of that because uh, uh, hands up Dragon Ball Z fan here even if Team 4 Star did ruin it um, okay we'll uh, uh, when we come to, to, to wrapping up uh, these games we do like an elevator pitch where we try and come up with a short summary of why this game should be played why it is a classic what is your elevator pitch for Final Fantasy 9
1: Final Fantasy 9 is a love letter to the probably strongest generation of Final Fantasy games that is 4 through to 6, even including 1 to 3, really. And it's just a tremendously fun ensemble of characters with a deceptively deep, grindy system to get into. And if you're into any of that, that's it, it, it will really scratch the itch for that sort of thing. And I think... Um, if you play it, you, you will come away glad that you did, and you won't be you won't be looking at Final Fantasy 7 the same anymore. You'll think, "Why was I such a fucking edge lord?" I'm gonna have some fun, and that's my pitch.
0: Get out of the box; it's perfect.
1: Stop being an edge lord. Stop being an edge lord. Stop being an edgelord. Stop being an edge lord. But
0: the body is Vegeta, so maybe maybe there's a little bit of edge lord to it. <laughs> Uh, well, I uh, I want to say thank you very much for for spending almost two hours um, shooting the shit with me. Um, yeah. it's been good. It's been real. Uh, no doubt. At some point, we'll uh, we'll be doing another Final Fantasy game, and uh, I might make it four way because I might want to get Jack on because he's uh, he'll probably be listening to this with his own opinions that he want to give. So at some point, we'll tackle another Final Fantasy game, and uh, I will let you know when we do that. And we'll, yeah.
1: Uh, more than happy to get on. It's Excellent. a nice break from university work and giving blood and things. But before I go, I would like to say that Barry Murphy only likes shit games.
0: <laughs> um, he... I mean, we we share similar taste. me and him, nope, so... he just likes shit games, that's it. I mean, in fairness, I'm not the biggest fan of Last of Us, so... It's fucking not that hard. I just, look, I, I don't think... Uh, uh, Naughty Dog do combat particularly well, like between that and Uncharted, it's not their strongest point. They do like stories and characters and, and kind of scene setting, great combat, eh, not so much. I,
1: I've owned I've owned Last of Us for the PS3 and the PS4, and didn't get past three hours either time.
0: Yeah, I I got to a certain point, I was like, look, between the the forced stealth and what I feel is pretty clunky controls, the combat, I was like this is not gonna not doing it for me.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's
0: just he's just into bad
1: games, the lads. That Hitman looks terrible. Don't care. Hey now now. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that Hitman looks good. I'm just really bad at Hitman games.
0: Uh yeah, actually I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting better at it. Like the, the thing with uh Hitman is you have to realise that you can what you think the game limits you to do isn't the case at all. And once you re- remember that it's a game and that these are, you know, uh AI characters that have like fixed Particular, particular fixed routes, and can only see kind of a, have a vision cone of like a certain distance. Once you realize that you can kind of break that, like it just becomes a giant, a giant toy box to fuck with. Uh, and once that clicks, it's yeah, it's it's a really good game. Uh, I still think Doom was the best game of last year, but hey, you know, it was two against one, couldn't couldn't make a case for it, so never mind.
1: What was the best? I can't even think what I thought the best game of last year was. It um, was not our choice, B.
0: A lot of people fought Overwatch, Uh, I fought Doom, a lot of people fought Hitman, Uh, some people fought Uncharted 4, but those are mental... And then there was the five people that bought Street Fighter V that thought it was that. And... Oh,
1: fucking... I'm so angry at playing Street Fighter V. Oh, World of Final Fantasy. Best game of yeah. 2016.
0: <laughs> there we go. Sean, Sean McGee's seal of approval. Uh, World there of Final Fantasy. i what a way to wrap it up. <laughs> okay, uh, for the three people that are listening, by all means, give, uh, give your social media channels out there and then I'll absolutely, wrap this bad boy uh, up.
1: Absolutely not. Don't follow me. I don't want you to follow
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Oh... <laughs> you, you, inspirational words to live by uh, thank you very much for anyone that has been listening um, you can follow us at link to the cast on twitter linktocast.com for slash Twitch, like Twitch.tv for slash cast. I always forget that get that wrong. Uh, We do uh, daily streams. I do uh, Day of the Tentacle. That's what I'm doing on Mondays at the moment. I'm enjoying that. Uh, Wednesdays we do uh, The Witness, which I don't enjoy, and that game is making me is actually the reason I'm going grey. Friday (laughs) is doing a. Dave on Friday is doing uh, Life is Strange, uh, and I think I'm going to introduce a new feature within the next couple of weeks, which I will talk about at a later date. Uh, This podcast will be up on Thursday, which is when you'll be listening to it. We do a podcast every Thursday. Please like and subscribe. Uh, Give us a good rating on iTunes, so our visibility can increase. And thank you very much for listening. They will be back next week. And so there's no announcement because I don't know what game he's going to talk about. So we'll, uh, we'll find that out together. So until then, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much, Sean. And we will see you again next time.
1: Adios.